0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther
1: Hello welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website That's bbc.co.uk slash bbc I'm Ken Crowther and coming up on the podcast this week Mick Lavelle is my special guest as well as answering your questions on all things from pyracanthas, Bramley apples, and rhubarb, we'll also bring you some top tips of things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus plant of the week, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast.
0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Let's
1: start then with. This week's plant of the week, Elyria. Now, across the world, there's nearly 130 different varieties. Uh, They vary from herbaceous to shrubs to even trees. Yeah, not massive trees, but quite substantial large shrub stroke trees. Um, They originate really from areas of Australia and New Zealand. That's where they're really common. And they're commonly called sort of daisy bushes, Mainly because the flower looks like a daisy, although I think the petal count is different, but it looks like a daisy. Um, who was it named after? Well, a German scholar. These Germans, you know, they seem to name a lot of plants, and it was Johann Olearius. So he, and it was in the 18th century. So they are. That's how it's got its name. Um, as I said, they are fragrant. They're not heavily fragrant, but they are fragrant. Um, and they're commonly used in gardens. There's a lot of them. Hasty eye is one of the smaller ones. It's a nice, nice small, compact shrub. Tolerates down to minus 10 degrees, but you don't want to put it anywhere that is wet because it doesn't like its feet getting wet. It'll tolerate coastal conditions. In other words, puts up with all that salt that's thrown at it. All the Illyrias do. Uh, it's evergreen, leathery, grossy leaves. That's the hasty eye. Uh, and it likes full sun, benefits from full sun. Another one that's favorite. Uh, and then I, I know, in fact, I'm going to mention Mick, who's sitting opposite me, because <laughs> it's one that you like, is yeah. Macrodonta, isn't it?
2: Indeed, yeah. yeah and indeed. that's because it's actually, it's like a false holly, isn't it, really? It, it is, uh, but it likes the coast as well. Holly doesn't always like this no, one, won't, won't take they a wind. Burn a bit, yeah, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, but this is good for that, yeah. Fragrant flowers
1: again, leaves again, a grey, sort of bluey grey, mm. quite, quite a good colour. Uh, but there's so many varieties when you look through the lists there are so many varieties so go out have a look for Elyria tough old shrub especially if you're living on the Essex coast so they are get out there get to your nursery and garden center and think of adding it to your list in your
0: garden the gardening hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther Still to come on the BBCS Gardening Hour
1: podcast, Mick and I will bring you some top tips on things you could be doing in the garden this week. But let's now hear what you've called us about. And we start with Mick in Braintree.
3: So I've got two things, Ken. Yeah, I bought some raspberry plants uh, about three months ago, something like that, yeah? Yeah. I've got them in the greenhouse and they're getting quite tall. Like, um, do I lock the tops off them?
1: Hang on. Why have you got them in the greenhouse?
3: Oh, because well, I, I'm in the garden, Ken, yeah? Right, I went okay. I plants and two raspberry plants
1: and them okay. in the greenhouse. Okay, right. Do you want to grow them in the greenhouse or have you got a garden that you can grow them in?
3: Well, I can grow them in the garden, yeah, Ken, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to think why you would go. <sighs>
1: I, I would, strawberries, you could leave in the greenhouse and they would produce strawberries earlier on, wouldn't they, mate?
4: But yeah, but e- even
2: even with the strawberries, they like a bit of cold on them. Yeah. The, the, one of the things with a lot of um, fruits we produce producing in the UK is that we, they like to have a cold period. Like strawberries, for instance, we grow those in glasshouses at the university, but we, um, we actually um, have what's called cold treated runners. So they've been treated for, and I can't remember just off the top of my head just how many days the minimum they have to be treated for, which means that they will be guaranteed to produce fruit within 60 days of planting. One to plant it out so if you've got strawberry plants how are you how are you growing your strawberries are they in pots or
3: no no it's like I've put brickwork in there and filled it up with mould and compost and that's where they're growing right
2: okay I mean, the main thing is don't put any heat in your glass house at all Make sure, and 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 ventilate it on, even on quite cold days, get the air going through it, because you want to warm it up, really, when it gets to the stage of the growing.
1: So if you've got raspberries, you're happy to grow these raspberries in there, that's fine. Um, Yes, I would take the tops out of them, Mm -hmm. which is what you asked, but we're just covering, you know the sort of aspect of growing them in a cold greenhouse. Mm. Is that all right, Nick? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, and the other thing, Ken, yeah? Yep. Is look, my grass obviously devastating. I've just bought some grass seeds, but yep. I see it's all March to October. A load so. of old rubbish. Just
1: mm. just it's lovely conditions. It will need a bit of moisture. It's not mm. getting much dew in the morning at the moment. So give it a good rate the lawn. Put the grass seed on. Uh, I would not even worry with the top dressing. I would just throw yeah, it on. Yeah. Throw it on the lawn, and if it stays really dry, you will have to water it every other day.
2: Yeah. Thing is, well, don't oh, try and put it on too thickly. Try and do, just very thin, you know, sow it very lightly. You might think you've been really stingy with it, but if you try and put it down yeah. too thickly, it'll rot as it starts to germinate. All right. Okay.
3: Yeah, nice one. Thanks very much.
1: Give it a All go, Mick, on. and let us know how you get on. Sue, so, Sue so, so from Malden. Hi, Sue.
5: Hi, um, I've got uh, two large clumps of um, rhubarb yeah. um, in the garden, and what, what uh, the, the leaves are um, now coming
1: yeah.
5: off mostly.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And um, what's the best thing to do with them in the
2: winter? Well, this time of the year is the time when you actually normally divide rhubarb because you do it quite early because it comes into growth quite early and it does a lot of rooting through the winter. And so you can lift... The, what you have to do is lift the whole crown and you'll find there's a great it's big... An enormous s- crown. Yeah, it is. You'll find a great big woody lump at the bottom, which is the, um, the, the underground stem, the rhizome. And what you need to do is you need to cut off sections of that. I mean, you can do it with... A sharp kitchen knife will do it, or an old one. If you don't want to use one of your newer kitchen knives, uh, or a, a spade You spade, can do it with a spade. Can. I mean, it's better. I, I like to do it with a knife because you get a cleaner cut, you know. But I mean, you it can do it with a spade if you've got a decent um, sharp spade. And you uh, cut lumps so that you've got some buds on them. So you see the buds are actually sort of quite bright red in the winter. This time of the year, they'll be a little bit duller. But And you've got all sorts of flaky kind of brown um, old leaf bases and things around on this. And you can clear the worst of up, but don't try and clear it all off. And they can just be planted back in the, the bed again. With plenty of compost. Yeah, we'll dig a lot of composting, well-rotted compost. The other thing you can do is you can also put um, a crown into um, some potting compost or or sort of even garden compost and and and, uh, grit put that to one side in a nice cool spot and then around about january you can bring that into a glass house or even into a a warm if it's warm shed put a bucket over the top of it a black bin or a bucket and you can force it and you can so you can use a section of the crown for forcing it's practically useless for anything else once you finish forcing it but that's not a bad thing to do if you if you find when you've divided it you've got more rhubarb going into the ground than the space will allow OK. All yeah. right. Does that yeah. help, help you, Sue? Uh,
5: thank you. Um, so I could cover it with um, potting compost.
2: Um, yeah, put it round yeah. it. Yeah, don't, don't cover the um, the, 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 the buds over because it'll rot.
5: You don't, don't actually cover the top with it? No, no, you don't. No. No.
2: It comes from Siberia, so it can take the cold.
6: Oh, right.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> OK, that's Sue from Morden. And we go to John in Hoddesdon. Hello, John.
6: Good morning to you. Right. got some trouble with a salix tree.
1: Yeah, now which one? Is it a large one? Is it one of the smaller ornamental ones?
6: It's a large one.
1: What, it's a about big...
6: about uh, 15 foot high. So is it a big weeping willow? That, that type of thing, yes. Does it weep? Well, it's got a big brown patch on it now. It's been beautiful up to now. But it's got a big brown patch on it where it's, it looks as though it's dying.
2: Uh, willows, they get all kinds of rots and things like that. There is, um, I think, watermark disease is one of the yes. um, the things which they get very badly. But I mean, um, willows traditionally sort of rot round the, uh, the the stem. They can actually um, fall in half and still is, carry on growing. Is, is the, this
1: the stem or branches you're talking about?
6: The branches, the the, the bush, the, you know, the the bush of the of the uh, tree.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, I know what you mean. What I'm trying to find out is, is it you're talking about the bark of the tree or are you talking about the look of the tree?
6: The look of the tree.
1: Right, so it's got... It's not a weeping willow by the sound of it.
6: Is uh, it? I don't, well, I, I don't
1: really know. Right. Uh, do the leaves come... Do the branches come all the way down towards the ground? No. No, so it's an, up, so it's an upright one, yeah. It's okay. an upright willow. Has it got twisted branches
6: uh, yes.
1: So it could be contorted, one of the contorted willows? Uh,
6: I don't
1: really know. <laughs> right, OK. Um, and you'll say, you see, at this time of year, remember that most willows will be turning their colour anyway. They're going from yellow to brown and yeah. dropping.
6: That's right, that's right. But this is, you know, really looks as though it's dead in that I'll, big patch. When, when right. you look
2: at the bark, is the bark nice and sort of like full and on the young branches nice and full and smooth and if it's coloring up a slight um usually a, a lime green or possibly an orangey color. No. No. So, okay. so it's, is it, if it's wrinkled, is it wrinkled?
6: Uh I can't tell you I'm looking out up from upstairs onto it. Right, okay. okay. What you got to right, what you got to do,
1: I tell you how you find out whether it's dead or dying is that you start where it looks bad, you go down that stem scraping with a knife, and if it's brown underneath it's dead, and if it's green it's alive. Now, if it's alive, leave well alone, particularly as we've had a difficult summer this mm. year with lots of drought. Um, if it's dead, you need to cut those branches out completely. Right. All right. It's going to make a big hole in it. Well, you might get regrowth from the base. All right. That might fill it in because willows are quite vigorous plants.
2: Yeah, you think you can can pollard them right back to the main stems and will come from that.
6: Okay. Well, you know the uh, the stem. Yep. Is about six inches diameter, but it's about four foot four foot tall. Yeah. with, uh, with no no leaves or branches or anything else on it.
1: No, it's, that means it will grow from the top and come down. I th- it could be a, a Kilmarnock, Willow, he's talking mm, about, you know. Mm. A one of the Kilmarnet. Do you know,
2: the best thing is probably if you send, the picture yeah, you send, send a, picture a picture in. Yes, send a picture in And then Ken will be able to, uh, on another show, be able to uh, have, identify have it for you and tell you exactly what it might need. Send
1: us a picture. Doesn't matter if it's digital. If it comes through digital, if you're clever enough to send it on, and I don't mean that rudely because I'm not that good on it, you can send it by email, which is ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. You can send it on a text, uh, send it, or just take a picture and send me a picture. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that either. Uh, let's move talking cactus with Betty in Basildon. Hello. Right, what would you like to know about a cactus?
7: Well, I, it's, it's died off, but there's left uh, like a green shoot with sort of. Uh, and I thought, what I wanted to know is could I could I report this and would it grow?
2: Now, with a, it's not really the best time of the year for propagating cacti. Because oh, they like right. to be propagated during the um, the growing season. If you've all got right. a green shoot on there,
7: yeah, yes, it um, is it, yeah, quite um, big. You said the rest it, of it's died it off. Is. You mean it's died? Well, well, I that away. I'll ring you up and find out about
2: it. <laughs> okay, so so has it? Um, has, you say the rest of it's died off. Has it wrinkled and shriveled? No, no, no! I've got it in a drop of water because I thought if I put it in some water at the bottom, that like, to the bottom. No, of the no, water. no, no! That's not with a no. cact. If it's a cacti, you have to um, a cactus. You have to let the bottom dry off and it um, almost till it the point where you get something called a callus. Yes. Yeah. And then you put it into some really gritty compost, right. and that's when it will root. But it doesn't really like to do that this time of the year. It's as likely to rot because there's not really. The amount of heat and daylight that it needs, time, this time of view, year. Yes, I'm yeah, i do not get any
7: hope with it then. Yeah.
2: but what <laughs> you say is a cactus. You, you know, what does the cactus look like? Is it a very spiny cactus?
7: No, no, the cactus has died off, and it just and it just left his shoot, and I thought. It okay, what did it? What what, what did the I cactus if I could look? I it to grow it
2: on. <laughs> yeah, what did the cactus look like? Was it a very spiny cactus?
7: No, no, no. It just had, had just had had the flowers sort of coming off of it. It wasn't spiny.
1: Yeah. Um, because... Sounds like. Is it a Christmas cactus?
7: No, no, it's just a, uh, just one of the, the ones you, you know, buy, and they've got took quite long stem, and all, all the year uh, the flowers all come out from it.
1: All oh, right, okay. I think if it's gone and you're trying to propagate it in the wrong way, I think unfortunately I'd give up because it will rot no, if it's right. in water. <laughs> no, can't okay, help, I... can't help me on that one, Betty. <laughs>
0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on within the garden this week, that is.
2: Now, Mick, what you got for us? Well, I mean, this time of the year is a very good time if you've got herbaceous perennials, which have got a little bit crowded in the they're coming towards the end of the display. Good time of the year to lift and divide them. You can lift them and, and replant them into the ground. It's very good from light soil this time of the year to do this because they um, they establish and become more drought tolerant before the uh, next spring when we may get another drought. Who knows? And uh, it is
1: difficult to judge this year, isn't it? it, it is, because, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like you're you're moving herbaceous plants, and in theory we talk about planting herbaceous plants yeah. at this time of the year. Because the soil is warm and moist, but yeah. it isn't
2: very moist, is Not it? Not at all, no. Um, I mean, Obviously, water them in if you put them You'd in the ground. You'd have to, wouldn't yeah. you? It, you can also lift them and um, divide them up into smaller um, sections, put them into pots and keep those um, watered now and uh, grow them over the winter and you can plant them out in the spring which is a particularly good thing if you're on slightly heavy land which might get wet because the, when you're dividing them inevitably you're wounding the roots and there's always a chance of rot so mm. sometimes a good idea to give them a little bit of a hospital treatment before the spring then plant them out when they're ready to go then
1: So it depends on the soil, think about that one. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's your next one then, Mick?
2: Uh, well it's also a good time of the year to trim hedges like mean, um, yeah. conifers especially um, Certainly as an apprentice, I was always... It was one of the jobs we did into September, October, was to um, to cut hedges. And this year, the conifers are probably not as active as... You know, well, they've, they've still grown a bit at this end, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, they will, they will, is, it starts. To, if we get some rain, we will put a last little flush of growth on. It's quite short what we do later in the year. Mm. And the trick is to cut them now before you get this flush... So you've got a really nice, fresh-looking hedge for the winter. And I know conifer hedges have had a bit of a a, a bad time over the years. You know, they have vilified. But, I mean, a good conifer hedge is still a a lovely thing in the gardens. Or the same way, if you've got any sort of topiary or specimen um, sort of sculpted uh, 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 individual specimens... Good time to give them a trim over now.
1: I know we we did some uh, Lalandeye hedge late August, beginning of September, or so. No, it was the beginning of September. Mm. And they've actually put on a little spurt of growth. And in fact, if anything, I have to say a bit too much. Well, this is the thing, they
2: started uh, to look a little, they flap at the top, you know? You, you want them to have a little flush, but you don't want to have great long flushing no. growth because otherwise it looks like you never really got around to pruning them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so thank you, Mick. And we'll have more top tips for you for the next seven
0: days later on in the podcast. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: Straight back to the phones now and Ken has given us a call and I'm sorry to catch you waiting, Ken. Hello, Ken. Uh, Hello
8: there. Hello. uh, Morning, Ken. I've just had my 25-year-old conifer trimmed and there's a lot of brown showing through. Now, I've tried water, but is there anything else I can do Right. With
1: it? Okay, Ken. Do you know what the conifer was or is? Oh, God. No, I mean, is it one of the fast-growing Leland eyes?
8: Well, I've had it... We, when, I, when I put it in, it was about 18 inches high, and now it's about 15, 16
1: Okay. Foot. Mm. Because it so, depends on the conifer. Some conifers um, don't like being pruned too hard in. Um mm. uh, because they they don't always regrow, and that's what I'm a bit worried about, Ken:
8: oh, I mean my wife said we said when the chap came, I mean it was a professional gardener that done it, and he did say to me there might be quite a bit of brown coming through. Uh, he said water might help, but he said whether it will do whether it'll work, I don't know, but the trouble is it's in the front garden, and it's quite close to the door, and uh, front yeah. door.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's only a very few conifers that will come back from the brown. Uh, that's like you, the, you You will, is one, you yeah. is one. Um, and um, some of the things... So, like the, some of the Thuys do, sooties but not very well. It, it, it doesn't like it, it's, it. I read in books that it will come back from brown, and it doesn't really. Um, it's it's a tricky situation because you need to keep them tightly trimmed all the time to keep them within a dimension But with yeah. if it was a yew tree, you can actually cut that back to a pole and it will grow out from that So they're, they're very resistant to it So, it's, But most yeah. of them, no, they don't like to but be cut back to the brown You don't know whether it is a yew? Uh, no well, what's, well, What what, what, what are the leaves in? like? Are the leaves yeah, like the needles leaves like? or are they like yeah, um, they're, are scales? They're,
8: are they, are they, no, they're, uh, they're not spiky No, know, so they're, they're little not,
2: scales, uh, yeah
8: yeah yeah uh, right yeah, well I said, to my wife, I said to my wife i said perhaps i can get some light green paint and spray it <laughs> <That's
2: a lot. laughs> well that'll make it green it won't make it grow
1: right okay <laughs> i think i think in all honesty uh it's done sound great if i'm honest um Water will help, particularly as we got a dry autumn. Mm -hmm. I would still water it now. It's no good feeding it now because no food will help it at this time of year, would it? Not really, no, no. But in the spring, if we, if you get some little spurts of growth on any of that branches, I would give it a blooming good feed of liquid feed to get the feed in as fast as you can.
8: Well, just an ordinary, just go in the
1: yeah, 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 just just any any of the ones seaweed
8: based,
2: yeah,
1: Maxi Crop. Bio do one. Um, mm. They all do them.
2: Yeah.
8: Right. Okay, again.
1: Yeah. I'm all sorry right, to keep sorry right. to keep you waiting. And uh, next time, don't let anybody anybody listening don't let people cut too hard into a conifer because if you get into the brown, it's got its work cut out coming out again. All right.
8: Okay, thanks,
1: Ken. Thank you. That's Ken to Ken. Uh, where are we going now? <laughs> we're going to go. Uh, we go back up to Benfleet, don't we, to talk to another Ken? Hello, Ken.
6: Hello, Ken. How are
1: you, Ken? <laughs> yeah, we're doing all right, Ken. Right, we're doing um, all right
8: for kids this morning, Ken.
1: We are. We never get them, and now we've got a run of them. Um, right, Benfleet, what are you up to? Right,
6: Brompton Stock. Yes. Mm-hmm i bought a trial brompton stock bedding, and I've put made up a cold frame, put them in the cold frame. Someone said you can't plant them out, but they have got about ten inches tall now.
1: Mm. You could plant them out now.
2: Yeah, you could. Uh, yeah. Brompton stock yeah. perennial, aren't they? They're perennial. Yeah. They'll go through yeah. till the spring. Yeah, so you oh, just because
6: if, they say, say treat as a biannual don't they? Well, you can well, treat yeah. it as a biennial, but I mean, you like pansies are perennials
2: and um, and, and uh, they get treated as a biennial because it's easier to, to keep them in good nick. But Brompton stocks, you, you should be, uh, they're tall is the thing with them. So, I mean, you want yeah, to put them somewhere yeah. where, if you plant them into a border, put them somewhere where they're not going to be right at the front because they'll tend to, to loll over. over. Yeah.
6: That's lovely. I'll just dug a bed over. That's why I wanted to know whether to plant them or not. Yeah, yeah. Don't, but don't not to exposed
1: position. That's what you're yeah, going to avoid.
2: Ni- yeah. Nice and silly. and in the spring, as they start to grow up, um, just make Topping. sure you've got some um, uh, sort of nip them out to so get plenty of shoots. But then get some um, support around them, so when the flowers grow up in the summer, they're not going to loll about anywhere. That's
6: it. Nip out the growing tip. Yeah, so it
2: bushes up. First off, in the uh, in the spring. Yes, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Thanks very much.
1: That's okay. Uh, We now go to Carol in Little Oakley. Is that right, Carol?
9: Yeah, good morning. Hi. That's fine. Yeah, Little Oakley. (laughs) What
1: are we talking about today with you?
9: Yeah, well, I've been growing um, lemon trees and apple trees from Pips. Mm
1: -hmm. Right.
9: I have got one in full flower now and with lots of lemons on it.
1: Fantastic. How, a, out of interest, just jumping in there, how long has it taken you from pip to flower?
9: Um, I've got a couple here now that are about six inches tall, so by next year they'll be in flower.
1: You're doing yeah, well, yeah. then. Mm. You're doing well. Yeah. yeah. But I've, okay. got one,
9: yeah, I've got one pip that I put in, but it's got three... Um, plants growing out of it. Can
1: Multi- I separate them? A multi-stem um,
2: orange? No, you might uh, not be able to. You might not be able to. Yeah. If, no. It depends what's happened. If it's, if it's got three stems coming from it, if it's three separate plants, even if it is, you've got to uh, untwine the roots. I mean, I'd just accept what you've got, really, from the um It'd be, quite an, it'd be quite an
1: interesting-looking plant, Carol. Yeah,
9: they're about seven inches tall. But <laughs> well,
1: if you nip the tops out and get them to branch...
2: Well, I'll, 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 I've got an idea for you. Why don't you um, plait them, braid them, braid them very loosely, and put a, a That's cane a good there. Idea. And then, as they grow up, you'll end it up with a braided-looking stem, and you can grow it as a standard with a braided stem. How about that? An idea. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you, you let and Carol come back to us because Mick's got a good idea there. Let us know how you get on <laughs> with that. That's a great. I don't one. have them
2: too often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright?
9: Okay, fine. Thank you.
1: Thanks very much. You're listening to BBC Essex, The Gardening Phone-In. 0800 4041. Get your calls in now and we will call you back. 0800 40 4041. That's 0800 111 4041. Uh, where are we going now? Well, we will go down to Brentwood. Hello in Brentwood. Christine.
10: Hello, Ken. Um, I wonder if you can help me please by recommending a plant that an everlasting plant, I want to put my husband's ashes in a pot for each of my children mm-hmm. and um, I wondered if there's an everlasting plant that you could well, recommend and also it... would there be, be particular earth you would like, you know, that it would be better to mix it
2: with. Right. When you say everlasting, it's... do you mean evergreen? <sighs>
10: I prefer something with a flower, to be honest.
1: Right. What you mean is everlasting is you don't want an annual that's going to die and you don't want a perennial that will die. You want a a small uh, shrubby-type plant that's going to live for a long time. Is that what you're looking for? That's what
10: I'm looking
1: for. Right. Small, compact, shrub... Hebes will grow too big, wouldn't they?
2: Yeah, uh, and they're, they're a little bit short-lived, as the uh, yeah. a lot of the smaller shrubs. Um,
1: so. Daphne.
2: Daphne's Daphne. very slow to grow, Yeah, Slow to grow, yeah. but
1: would last a long time. Mm-hmm. Need a bit of sheltered position. Uh-huh. Uh, they'd need a bit of acid soil, wouldn't they, and an acid feed, wouldn't yeah. they, preferably? Yeah. yeah, It's just an idea, because they're rather nice, and they're perfumed, and they're, they're good. um oh, just okay. As a Daphne, I'm just trying to think of something else.
2: Mm. uh, Well, where where were you thinking of of putting these Where are these pots? Are they going to be in a a sunny spot or. or?
10: Um, Couldn't be either, really, in either of their gardens.
1: So if we say. That would have to be in a sheltered spot, wouldn't yeah. it?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of you it could really do depends.
1: Small aces, couldn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of it depends on the soil. I mean, the, the, the thing we can make recommendations. No, they're going in a
1: yeah. container, so we could put it in. Oh, in a container, in a container, yes, in oh, a container see, right, with right, the yeah. ashes. So
2: yeah, do you know um, a rhodod- Acer, rhododendron, or azalea? Small a rhododendrons, yeah.
1: small az azale- as uh, aces, but yeah. you would need go for a biggish container. Nothing's yeah. shorter than two foot across. Yeah, so
2: and, you need them wide rather than deep for, yeah. for uh, things like rhododendrons and aces because they like to, to root extensively. Both and those the,
1: would like acid-based soils. Yeah, so,
2: gl- you, so you want a, a John Innes um, ericaceous compost, John Innes number three ericaceous.
10: Oh, right, okay.
4: okay so so there is
2: a difference. You say John Innes, so there's number one, number two, number three. Now, a lot of what we sell is basically number three, but you, you, you want the, uh, the one with nutrient in it. But that okay. would be good for those. And then you, you plant them into that, and then you top-dress them quite regularly with um, a, just an ordinary ericaceous multi-purpose compost. Okay. Because you like to have lots of organic matter on the top. With the AC, you don't. It doesn't right. like a lot of organic, but it likes to be in a poor soil.
10: Okay.
2: So there's a slight difference. So what
10: number do you in
2: this? Number three. Number three. Yeah, but go for an ericaceous uh, mix. So it's, the, the difference is actually in the, uh, the type of uh, loam they use. And it's got and no also, lime, uh, it, also it's, it's the, the, the base dressing's got no lime in it, yet. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Does that
1: okay. help you?
10: Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. Thank you that's very a, much
1: indeed. That's a, lo- that's a lovely idea. Uh, there we are. Uh, we've come up with some suggestions there. And don't forget, you can also text me here in the studio, 81333, put Essex on the front. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Janice. Hello, Janice.
7: Oh,
1: hello, Ken. Hi, Janice. What can we do for you?
10: Um, I've got some bearded iris. Coming in either this month or next month. Right. Yep. Um, now, would it be better to pop them up over winter?
2: Nah, no, they're, no. they're tough. They're really, really tough. I mean, they they, um, they, they come from Central Europe and right through into uh, Asia so original, the original original plants. Um, the thing with um, irises, our like bearded iris, they like to have their uh, the rhizomes, which are the big um, sort of um, yellow, yellowy-gray lumpy bits that sit on the surface. They like to have that on the surface. When you say you plant them, you, you more you're more settled on the surface. You're not them, are you, really? Yeah. So they need to be showing, and they need to be facing south. So if you think where the bud is at the tip, where the leaves are going to come from, the rhizome behind is pointing south. So you need to go them a sunny spot and put them out and the rhizomes bake in the sun. And you might you might think that sounds a bit odd. You will get better flowers and better growth as a consequence. And when you lift and divide them, you throw away all the old bits of rhizome which haven't got any flowers on. Take the bits which have got they the bud uh, at the tip and you do the same again. Does that right. help? Does that make sense to yeah. Janice?
11: Yeah. I'm um, I'm
10: just wondering is cuz they say they don't like it too wet.
2: No, they no, we don't. <laughs>
10: If I just put the um, the rhizomes in the ground, not in the ground, but on the ground,
4: yeah,
10: before they've got lots of root, will, won't they rot? In
2: the no, 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 if no. No, you if, want the driest, roughest pit of ground yeah, you've got. They, they will have some okay. root on them. We will come some root on them. But I mean, you, what you okay. need to do is make sure when you plant them that the rhizomes at the surface. Yes, so it could be yeah. So sort of, okay. it's, it's half in, half out, really, you know, but they need to be at the surface so the sun will bake them and make sure they're facing south so they get as much sun as you can. And then you'll get really good flowers. I don't expect
10: flowers next yeah, year, is
2: that right? Yeah, you can get flowers next year. Yeah, you'll get flowers plant, next year. Plant them properly, they'll grow. They'll, 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 oh, nice. they'll, they'll reward you quickly. If you get them from seed, you'd wait three years, but if you've got the rhizomes, you should get them next year. OK.
11: Oh, brilliant. Thank you okay. very much.
2: Not a problem. Thank Pleasure, you. Janice. Bye. If you have trouble,
1: you can give us a call on 0800 40, 41. Jean in Greenstead Green. Hello, Jean.
9: Hello, Ken. I wonder if you can help me. I've got a wajila in the garden, which has grown to about six foot high, and it's ever so spindly. When can I prune
1: it back?
2: well you should have pruned yeah. it straight
1: off after, after flowering well you could actually still do it yeah i mean the, the
2: thing with it if you prune it very hard now you won't get much no. in the way of flour next year if you thin it by a third to fifty percent you'll get some flour and you'll get some growth up from the base mm-hmm. so oh, you, can, okay, you, I mean. you can do that so, any time through the so winter literally really, yeah. go
1: through it just go through the plant and take out as as mick's saying just cut out a third, and you yeah. can cut them really hard, Yeah, you? now
2: just want to be clear about this, because I just think, remember a group of students a number of years ago, what, where I said cut so a third out, and they cut a th- one third out from one side. And right. that, no, <laughs> we mean so go through it yeah, and take, cut take, every
1: old, one in three branches
2: Yeah, the, old, the older, thicker stems are the ones you want to take out, so you encourage new regrowth from the base.
9: Okay, then, thank you very but,
2: much. But count them first off, so you know how many is a third is. <laughs> okay. Alright.
9: Thank you very much. Remember thank when you. it Fine. remember
1: when it flowers that you've got to then prune it straight after flowering.
9: Oh,
5: okay. Right. right. No yeah, thank There's you very much.
1: There's Jean and Grissey Green, and we go down to Rayleigh. Ruth in Rayleigh is that right, Ruth? It certainly is. Hello. Have you just moved into an old garden, or is it a brand new house with a brand new garden?
12: Right, no, it's, it's an old house. Because we've had very, very major work, we've got brand new garden front and back. Right. So, and then, so everything is really, really newly planted, but everything is hardy. Is there any general tips that the main thing, you know, for, the, for winter especially, I need to know because we've got four um, palm trees, but they're, because they're small, they're, at the moment they're only two, two foot high each, but they're different varieties. And I couldn't like, well, one is Tracheocarpus, I couldn't mm. name the others. But in general, because they're all brand new and also they got an Acer, any tips to help them?
1: Right, but let's start with them. the easy one, which is an Acer. As long as the Acer is in a position where it doesn't get too much wind and harsh sun, mm. it will go through the winter quite happily, won't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No I, problem.
2: And the deciduous anyway, so the winter isn't yeah, really the major a issue for them. It's it's the w- summer. Wind in the summer, which we so I hope Japanese they, maples. So right I hope there.
1: it's been planted somewhere that's you know a bit sheltered. Yeah, it did get
12: very brown and crispy over the um. Well. A lot, mind you, yeah. a lot, a lot did it this summer.
2: Did. Yeah, a lot ab- did this and it, summer. And it's been very dry and it's, yeah. it's newly planted. So now yeah.
1: palms, it will depend on the palms, won't it?
2: Yeah, the trachycarpus is that's fine. I mean, hard, the, the yeah, the, the what the palms tend not to like. Tracky isn't too bad. It can take a mm. measure of moisture it can grow in the shade uh, and it uh, for for a good long time what it doesn't like is wind it will grow but it will look appalling right so so it doesn't like to be really out in the in too much wind but it's fine it's just slow to grow very slow to grow so
1: would you necessarily put fleece over
2: it in the no, winter. No, Not, the trachycarpus, not no. the
1: trachycarpus The other ones, because we don't know what they are and you no. don't.
2: If you've got, well, got one called
12: it's all I know. Well if like you've like got
2: like one called Shamarops, have you got another one which you got like a, a bit like the um the Trachycarpus who are leaves, a fan shaped leaf? It's, I don't
12: think it's called that. And if you said the name I so less it, but I can't remember It was a European
2: stuff. fan palm, Shamarops and they've got a leaf a bit like a Trachycarpus, but slightly bluer and much shorter. They're very hardy. Uh, and then well, the ones it might be because Phoenix is sometimes I that's think wrongly.
12: It, that's it, Phoenix. Not you trigger my that's mind? Not as hardy. who told you who told
2: you it was Hardy? That's
1: not Hardy. <laughs> that's not one hundred percent Hardy. Now, Phoenix canariensis,
2: uh, which is the one which is often planted outside, is the is the Canary Island version of the um, the date palm, and it will take It'll most take a... winters. But two thousand and ten, they all died. Because oh. it couldn't take that long uh, yeah, cold if spell. If you get out all then. this
1: long cold spell, snow down the yeah. crowns, it'll it'll die.
2: Because it doesn't do that in the Canary Islands. So So, so that, that one will need protecting
1: then. You, I would. If yes, you get yeah. cold weather, get some fleece and give it at least two or three rounds. What you round want to case. do
2: is gather the um the leaves up, tie them together at the top, don't don't cook them or anything, no, just tie them together then in amongst the, right into the crown get some, uh, you can use things like bracken, but fleece will do, or something like that and pack some into there, and then wrap the whole head and stem in some fleece and just tie it round, if you're going to get really cold weather, okay, and then as soon as the cold weather abates, take that off Right
12: okay. But, so, but that, to track your is that's fine Yeah,
2: that's stone hard, it'll take it down to minus 25, yeah Right. But the
12: other's just as precaution's probably worth wrapping just to be safe, because I don't I'm
1: not sure
2: what that is. Well are. well say about precaution. I mean wait till we are gonna get some cold weather. I mean you have all the stuff ready to do it. That's, that's what right. it's so, about. Yeah.
1: It's having fleece yeah. there rather than yeah. thinking, Oh my goodness, look, I've seen the forecast, yeah. it's minus ten, and I haven't been but, to the garden centre but, but
2: by ju- the way. just place. put it this way. if you wrapped it today yeah. it would be it'd be cooking inside there. Yeah, there's no, there's no, it's no point. Make sure you're ready to go. Yeah. Okay, All right.
12: Okay. then thank you very much.
2: No problem. I know
1: we do get told, people do get told, don't they, that stuff's hardy when it's not 100% hardy. No, so not. many plants that we grow today are not 100% hardy, are they? No, are they? indeed, no. It, it is a problem.
0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: Right now on the BBC's gone Our podcast, myself and Mick have got some more top tips. Now, it's funny because we talked earlier about, you know, the weather pattern and how it's a bit strange and conifers, you know, looking at how they're growing at different rates this year. And bedding plants is the same problem. Mm. Summer bedding. I mean, we're in October, and lots of summer bedding. Even begonias are looking quite good. They still think it's summer. They still think it's summer, (laughs) so they're confused. But really, it's time to get on with spring bedding because uh, you know, if not, it won't establish itself this end of the year. ...to get through the winter. A it, winter pansy's
2: really got to get its feet
1: going, hasn't yeah,
2: it? Yeah, I mean, it, again, I think it depends on the land you're on. If you, if you have very wet ground, I mean, pansies mm. and things like that, sometimes best left till um, sort of the latter part of the winter yeah. to put them out. But certainly for the real staples in there, like the wallflowers and the bellis and all the sort of real traditional um, uh, bedding plants, they need to go in now. And it's that same old dilemma you have. You'll have it again in the spring because just when the wallflowers are looking lovely. Really good. Do we sort pull of looking, them out? Yeah. We've got to get yank them out. And for us as professionals, I mean, we just, we just bite the bullet and do it. But it's always yeah. hard if it's your own garden because you, you know you're going to have that bare patch of ground and then you're going to have some fairly sort of uh, measly looking little plants that you put in afterwards, even though they're going to uh, grow they're on gonna and grow. make a fantastic display. So. But
1: it, it really is important to get it like in the containers. You know, you can put a bit of Absolutely, herbaceous yeah. in the containers, a yeah. few bowls. So it's really a great time to, uh, you know, as Mick said, bite the bullet, pull out that summer bedding and get on with putting some nice fresh winter and spring bedding in. Uh, now's
2: the time to do it. Mm. Yeah, well, it, absolutely. I mean, it, there's, there's no sense in delaying. I no. mean, uh, and talking about delaying, of course, some of the summer shrubs that have uh, flowered in the spring summer shrubs, um, we don't expect to be pruning them this time of the year because you are looking most of the textbooks and uh, they'll say... Prune them. Prune them at the end of the winter, which is absolutely correct. Okay, but there's a big butt isn't there? It's been windy. It has it's been hasn't windy, it? hasn't it? Yeah, you might notice them rocking about because some of them, especially things like those that like it hot, like the perovskia and the lavateras, they've been um, shaking about a little bit. A good tip, really, now to the end of the month, is to reduce them by even up to half to cut them down. So we we'll still have some leaves at the bottom, and Budley is a typical one for this. It will stop it from rocking about. Yeah. Because okay? we are about to go into dormancy anyway. Inevitably, winter will come, whether we're admitting it or not. And then at the end of the winter, so around about late February, that's when you cut them back hard. Cut them right back down. And even things like fuchsias and things like that, which, which sometimes are cut back very hard to get that really nice, dense, flushing growth from the base, you can reduce those now. And again, that seems like a sin because there's still flowering, still looking uh, very pretty. But do it by the end of the month. Uh, and Then you'll, you'll you know, spare a knife and spoil the plant, as the old gardener's adage, isn't it? So.
1: Well, keep listening to the podcast as there's still more hints and tips to come.
0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: Let's talk to Jordan now. Uh, Jordan's in Colchester. What are you up to, Jordan?
13: Looking at my back garden at the moment. Yep. And we've rotivated it because it was autopsy-turvy all, all over the place. Uh, uh-huh. So we've levelled it out. But there's a million bajillion stones... And other than using a sieve or going around by hand picking them out one by one, which will probably take the next three years, I was wondering if there was a quicker way to get them out.
2: <laughs> um, not really. I mean, well, a rake is obviously um, a handy thing to get if, if you use a, a rake. A coarse rake. Yeah, yeah, but like a like a, um, a of, not not like a leaf rake, but a big tooth um, uh, rake on a, What you do is you hold it quite upright, and so you, you yep. so rather than if you're levelling the ground, you've got it down low. So, you use it, so the teeth are almost... Um, 45 ho- degrees to the ground. Yeah, so 40 even more than that. You know, so, so they're almost hor- horizontal. And as you pull it across then, you will, you'll pull the, the stones across. And you can just get them into piles, and then oh, shovel always helps at that point. But, I mean, you say you want to get rid of the stones. But just, stones just to be clear, are good, why they? do you want to get rid of the stones?
13: Well, we've obviously rotivated the whole garden, yeah. um, and we're replanting it, obviously, with grass
2: again. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, so you want, you're going to go to a lawn from seed? Yeah, that's it. You're right, okay. Yeah. So, so you don't want the stones up near the surface, which is fine, yeah. I mean, um, what, what you need to do, like I say, get this rake and get it so it's almost um, sort of the tines of the rake, the teeth of the rake, are almost horizontally ground, and then just pull it along so it's it's upright. So almost like you're sweeping with a besom or something like that. And you'll, yep. you'll gather them up into piles, and that and that way it's easier to pick them up with a... A shovel or something like that, but do you know? You say, is there a quicker way of doing it? Sometimes there isn't a quick way of doing things. I mean, if it's a big site, we used to get a stone rake on the back of a tractor, but that only used to get them into um, to to rows, nice. hmm. and you still had to go along with a shovel and, uh, and shovel pick them. Them up. yeah. So there's no there's no, no easy way, yeah. and
1: generally, if you're doing any bed work, it doesn't matter that there's stones in there, and in yeah, fact, it- stones are of benefit in most soils, aren't yeah.
2: they? Yeah, I mean, if you've got very stony ground, I mean, this may not apply to you, Jordan, in this case, but... If someone's got very stony ground i they're thinking of putting the lawn down, bearing in mind that the soils I used to work on in the Lake District were full of stone. It was, it was all sort of, it was bit, half of it was stone. Turf goes a long way to, to deal with to that. To sorting it out. It's expensive, but you can just level the ground, plank it down to make sure it's uh, service it's level, and you can put the turf down straight onto that. It means that you haven't got any stones at the surface. All
1: right, John. Right. Okay. Thank you. Best no of luck with the new garden, and if you want any help, you know where to come. Uh, The flowers on my winter pansies planted three to four weeks ago are going over, so I take them off. Yes, you do take them off. See, you take them off down to the base with your your thumb and your first finger. Will they flower again soon or will it be in spring? It'll depend on the plant, depend on the weather.
2: If you've got pansies you've already planted now, they need water... Uh, and they, they may even need feeding. Now, don't feed them with... If you've got some tomato food left over, that's the ideal thing to stick on winter bedding, which, like, universal pans. That's all they want. They they want the potassium, that's all. So just give them some tomato feed. And you know, a weak solution, you don't have to give the, the amount that you're putting onto the tomato itself, but you can water that onto them. Once every two weeks will be sufficient for this time of the year. They will, despite what you hear, and catalogues will always say, universal pans will flower all winter they stop around about december at the best of times so there's not enough light for them no, no matter what they say and if it's very mild you might get a few flowers but you'll find the flower through till about mid-november and then they start again about mid-february you know in earnest
1: So they are hope that's helped you rob we go to brian in calverton hatch now hello brian
13: oh good morning to you both yeah i have a bramley apple which is a small fruit bramley and I'm getting a bit of leaf curl on the top, which I managed to cure in in the springtime with soapy water. And I wonder if there's anything I can do now to know so, prevent it next year, next season.
1: Um, Winter washes aren't what they used to be. There's no, no,
2: no, they don't really work anymore. It the same helps way. a bit. Fashion,
13: but... <laughs> non-perfume soap.
1: Um, no soap, actually. I mean, I <laughs> when we we look at each other cause, because what you did is, a, in theory, of no help at all, is it?
2: Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, the
13: Even it cur- the clear, the clear, it. Clear, no, I also had some white fly or fly on it as well, which it cleared that as well. You know. I, but- I
2: mean, the thing is really that um, if you've got curling leaves, what what you should be looking out for? Aphids will just come in on the air, right? But if you've got woolly patches on Have the you? stem and it starts no, to get knobbly some of the, like,
13: yeah. the leaves have got a, like a, the rust uh, patches that's, on them that's
2: alright yeah that, that's not too much to worry about that like, no. because, because apples sometimes are prone to this thing called woolly aphid but that and, uh, would be uh, on the stem. But that's on the stem, and, and you get it's like a knobbly appearance with a woolly mass inside there. You haven't got uh, there's that. nothing like that on there. No, that, that's I wouldn't the, worry about aphid yeah. then. Not would really, you on uh, an apple? No, because it's going to it flies in there. I mean, I, I know it sounds obvious, but I mean they, they actually fly. And sometimes aphids fly all the way from North America up in the stratosphere. They freeze. They come over and they drop down, and they seem to be able to come back to life again. There's some amazing uh, journeys which are done, but most come from yeah. much closer. Has to be said. Um, but they move about, and they, they disperse. So you, no matter what you put on it in the winter, in the spring when it's growing, that's when they arrive. So... Is n- oh, yeah.
13: in, in, in the spring, is there anything I can prevent? I mean... There, um, there's a few things. They safers. come from the air. You're saying they come from the air. They don't, don't come from upwards, so... Putting put a sticky band round the bottom of the no, tree. Not no, no, that, that, that no help um, with aphids.
2: Winter moss. That Winter moss, so, That's the all all
13: For the only thing you
1: can do is look for a safer spray. There are some that are suitable for fruit trees, and give it a spray um, about after petal fall.
2: Yeah, because it don't uh, do when it when they're about to come into uh, blossom, because you affect the bees. Um, and certainly don't do it later because you know what are curly leaves compared to poisonous apples so they are <laughs> all right
13: this is why i was so cautious in, in yeah. Yeah. this year
2: how uh, are the apples are the apples good
13: uh, apples are very good this year we yeah. I,
2: I there you go you're, you're doing something right then you know i mean don't worry about a few curly leaves all right
13: yeah. um i i think i've had um about four or five apples which had a had a visitor inside them um, the rest were perfect that's yeah. Don't
1: worry. Brilliant, Don't yeah. worry at all, Brian. Sounds as, if, sounds as if you're doing it doing it right. Um, right. I wanted to just... Uh, ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk is my email address here at BBC Essex. And this is from Bob Craven in South End-on-Sea. He sent me a picture of a sarcococca It's in an island mm-hmm. with stones all around it. And it is so pale, mm. you wouldn't believe it. It's lost its colour completely. I bet he doesn't feed it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, I
2: think that it's one of these things. We we, we see the sarcococca it's so fragrant. We want it. It wants to be in a woodland type soil, so moist but free draining, plenty of organic matter. It doesn't like to be in full sun. And um, what what I see, well, yeah, that looks like it's in the open <laughs> in gravel the middle, around the base. Middle, yeah, middle of a paved area. So you know in a, in what, a what driveway. That, what that sarcococca is saying to you is.
4: I'm in the wrong place, it's saying.
2: Yeah, so it's a good thing. I mean, I always say to people, plant it by a back door or something like that. Plant it in a a shady corner. So when you open the back door in the winter, you'll get the fragrance because it is amazingly fragrant. But you need to have them um, in in the right sort of conditions.
1: But one thing you can do is give it a really good acid feed, and that'll help it. Even now, would you put a bit on now? I would, yeah, I tend to, yeah.
2: yeah. What it won't do is it won't change that yellow foliage back to green again. That's damaged now. He does, it does. It's for new growth. growth.
1: Yes. So hopefully that'll help you, Bob. But really, the plant's in the wrong place. Mm. Steve from Wickford. Sorry to keep you waiting, Steve. We're trying to identify a plant
11: over the radio. Is that right, Steve? That, that's right. I can't identify the plant over the radio, obviously, Ken. But um, what is it, for anyone who's who's a little bit phone savvy um, with the old applications? There's an app that I downloaded from the the, the store, the Internet Play Store. Called picture
4: this. That's right. And mm.
11: what you do is you just click the app, and then on your plant, and it tells you exactly what plant it is. And it's worked so well for me. It's, it, I think it's a brilliant little resource.
1: I reckon that's a it's good reminder. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, yeah. and I have to be honest. People think we sit here with our phones in the in, in the studio looking no. stuff up. We don't. I no. tell
2: you that. Mines in my pockets. Yeah, of
1: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't go yeah. off. But no, <laughs> That's, that's yeah. a nice thing to, to tell people, Steve. Can you just remind us again what it is?
11: Yeah, it's called Picture This, and it's on the, you know, on the app stores, okay. um, and, j- and it's a free application, so it doesn't mm. cost anything. You just download it onto your phone, yeah. and you know, I was, I was away a little while ago, and there was a couple of plants. I mean, one of them was a, a weird variety of Medlar, which, a, which was a bit odd, and the other one was a Yarrow, which I just couldn't remember the name of, and it worked mm. perfectly for me. So, yeah. Fantastic.
2: Well, it was best price you can get. That yep, Steve, it? <laughs> thank
1: you very much for your call. That's really very helpful indeed.
0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: We'll be back to your calls, text and email shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips that Mick has for us this week.
2: Well, as someone who trained in a woodland garden originally, when I first went into horticulture, I'm very, very keen on leaf mould. And people sometimes say to me this time, where can I get leaf mould? And you say, well, what you had to do last year, I'm going to look at you with disbelief, it takes at least a year. The best leaf mould, I'm one of these, who thinks two-year-old leaf mould is superior to one-year-old leaf mould. It's... You can make a leaf mold pit, and it depends really how much access you've got to leaves. and you can go around sweeping up the streets and helping your council out and mixing in all the <laughs> sort of the fag ends and other things that you'll find in with it. If you've only got a limited amount of leaves though, and you don't really fancy putting a leaf mold pit in, it's quite simple because all those old compost sacks and uh, heavy duty plastic sacks, fill those up with leaves, don't pack them in so that you know ramming them, in, but put them in quite tightly in there. Tie the top of it up and get some wire or something to tie it up so you've got it nicely crimped at the end, and then get your garden fork out and have a good old session give it a good stab all over it so it's yep. full of holes. And you can stack these up, and there's no real limit to how high you can stack them, apart from the practicality of it. You can go three or four deep. Put them in a nice shady place so you can have all the bags you can find full of leaves uh, and just hide Forget them, put me, a, a bit it? of sacking or something over them just to make sure they're not seen forget about them until next year you'll have leaf mold and it will be lovely leaf mold but it's really important you get the air in there if you don't get the air in there you won't get the organisms which break it down because it's very much a cold and the thing with leaf mold only use brown leaves that are falling this time of the year do not put green material in there at all you need to have fallen autumn leaves not the crispier the better right and the last thing, of course, we're talking about autumn. Well, Dwayne, We houses. have talked about
1: autumn. You've just yeah. mentioned all these leaves that are falling down now.
2: Absolutely. Well, sometimes they fall on your glasshouse, don't they? It's a good time do. to clean your glasshouse up. Now, there are two things about autumn glasshouse cleaning. Firstly, give it a good clean inside. Before you start shoving all of your, um, your tuck inside there, all of your canes and all the things, we usually just bung them in the glasshouse, they'll be okay. Um, make sure that you get the glass that's a good clear up. Sterilize it possibly as well, you know, maybe get some disinfectant. It doesn't matter which one particularly, but get um, a household disinfectant will do it. Not a particularly strong solution needed, but give it a good wash down before you start to bring all the plants in for the, the autumn. And Try and maintain good um, sterile conditions as much as you can because that will prevent disease spread. The other thing that you need to do is to clean the glass because when you get these things growing in the spring, uh, you want to get as much light into it as possible. Light levels will hit the rock bottom by the middle of December. And so it's a good time now, while you still feeling inclined to be outside, rather inside the uh, glass house, get out there, get rid of all this cool glass that you've put on yep. there to keep Cleanly it Clean cool. it all off. Clean it off. I you know it seems like a waste, but that is just a way of it. You know, So wash it all off. Make sure the glass is really nice and clean. And that way you'll have a good uh, glass house for the spring.
1: Thank you, Mick. Let's get straight back to your gardening questions now. And let's talk to George. Hello, George.
8: Good morning, good morning. Um, I spoke to you earlier in the year about um, horseradish sauce and when was the best time to dig it up for that. And uh, you told me in the autumn, well, I know it's autumn now, but it's more like summer. (laughs) (laughs) Horseradish.
2: And... well, the reason why I take it up in the autumn is because um, in the autumn as it's dying back, all, takes everything's the going into the, into the root, and the root is actually then at its fullest it will be for the whole year, really. So, um, as it it's had a good summer, I mean now I wouldn't it should be, worry. Yeah. You could
1: dig now, even though it is summer, George. Yeah. Yes.
2: Okay. Yeah. Right. It won't be summer yeah. tomorrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what the <laughs> weather has in store.
11: pretty quick, yes. Well, yeah. thanks very much for that. That's all right. Okay. Thank you
1: very much indeed. Um, that is uh, George from, from Dagnum, 0800 111 4041. Uh, let's go to uh, Dorothy in Thorpe Bay. Hello, Dorothy.
5: Ken, I'm growing peonies from seed, which I took from my own plants in the garden. Right. They're doing very well, and I've got them, I've got several now potted up separately in their own pots. They were doing ever so well, beautiful green leaves, but suddenly I noticed the leaves have gone very, very pale. Mm.
2: Yeah, do, do, no. They're this doing autumn. Do, do, did you notice this happening with the parent plant as well? It's <laughs> autumn. Yeah, they die back. N- no, because not...
5: these are in pots in the greenhouse. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Day day the day length.
2: Garden. No, but the day length, they know it's autumn. It's nothing to yeah. do
1: with how much, you know, whether it's warm. It's, it, you know, warmth will keep stuff going a bit longer. But yeah. generally, it's, it's, as Mick says, it's autumn. Light levels have dropped dramatically, less yeah. daylight hours. It's autumn. No problem oh. at all.
5: Oh, well this is a new phenomenon to me because I've, I do it each year and I've never had these very, very pale, almost silvery leaves.
2: Ah, they say the silvery leaves. Are they sort of slightly mottled or anything like that?
5: No, no, because, they've just got paler and paler from green
2: but, to but, 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 the palest yeah.
5: possible green.
2: You know, you might have something like red spider or something in the greenhouse. Could have, could know. have that. Or leaf hoppers sometimes do this as well.
1: But there's nothing you can do at this time of year with no, it. No, I is mean, it?
2: I would, I wouldn't, I would wait to see if we come up in the spring. But they're better off actually, um, you know, to be kept outside, really, in a sheltered spot in the pots outside.
5: Oh, you think so? Do you now?
2: Yeah, because. There's been a lot of pests around because I've had a um, mealybug in the garden this year, first time I've ever seen outside of a greenhouse. So it's, there's been a lot of pests about, you know, moving about quite freely in this warm weather, you know. So you well, may just have a touch of re- red spider or
5: Wouldn't leaf I hoppers. see something? I mean, these look Red perfect.
2: red spiders, red you spiders they red are spider. almost microscopic.
1: You won't see them.
5: Oh, hmm. right. Okay. All right. Yes. Thank Keep- you very much. I, don't,
1: I personally wouldn't panic on that one at yeah, all, would you?
2: No, I, I, I wait. To, if nothing comes up in the spring, that's a time to worry, not now.
1: We have a line free on 0800 40 4041. It's 7 minutes to 12. We can squeeze a couple of you in. So it's 0800 40 4041. That's the number to call. I'd like to go back to that um, email because uh, we had an email at ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk from Doreen who said, please identify the bush which appeared in our garden a few years ago. Tell me if it's poisonous to children or animals. Now it is pheasant berry, mm-hmm. and it's actually pheasant berry because it's used as a, a as a cover and a food for pheasants occasionally, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Farmers I mean, it's a, sometimes use yeah, it. it, it yeah,
2: it's a, it's quite a, a common. Uh, it seems to have gone out of um, fashion in recent years. I don't know why. It's years, such an it? attractive. It is. flower and berry, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Now, it's often called Japanese uh, honeysuckle. It's not a honeysuckle, nor is it from Japan. It's, <laughs> it's actually from the Himalayas. Uh, but um, it's... It's oh, that's always lovely with plants. Yeah. It's called this, but it's nothing... Well, we we'll call, call it English from. ivy, English that's ivy. Right. And it it it's, didn't and it come do it. from England. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, um, yeah, it's... certainly. Uh, the plant itself is a really good um, plant to have in the garden. It's just really whether it's where you want it to be. Uh, it, it's not partic- say.
1: It just. Oh, is yeah. it a good plant? It sometimes. And the reason the berry is very popular with birds, mm, and yeah. that's how it's appeared there, isn't it? Yeah, because a thrush or
2: a robin or something like passed that, through so it, them, yeah.
1: passed through them.
2: It's just quite. It's, so they, they are quite commonly uh, sort of uh, errant um, uh, plants. We get them around the, uh, the university sometimes. So the, the odd one will come up in a border. And so who planted that there? of course, no But they've got this
1: um, purple with a creamy sort of, sort of flower yeah. that hangs down in a sort of cascade. And yeah. then the berry does similar, but that's yeah. a sort of purpley... Purpley blacky colour. So it's, it? it's
2: attractive through most of the summer period. The winter, the stems are bright green, so it gives a little bit of um, structure and uh, colour in the garden. Say if, if it's growing well, it's a, it's a good garden plant to have.
1: And out of interest, if you're a vegan, there was some vegan, I, 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 I know this from the past, not that I am a vegan, yeah. but vegans actually sometimes use the berries to produce a, a, like a, um, a, a meal with it. But, mm. However, The berries are not poisonous at all. No you don't want to eat too many of them because they'll do you a definite mischief you will be down
2: down (laughs) down the corridor there is a reason why they haven't (laughs) become a supermarket staple exactly, quite right (laughs) but they are edible and in fact it's an
1: interesting one if it's poisonous to children or animals Uh, so the answer is no it isn't and in fact I I have a bit of a thing about this is that you know, we and I'm sure, I know know, you've got young children and Mm. I have and uh, I think it's it's always a policy of mine is that it doesn't matter if the plant has poison on mm. it, it is that we should teach our children to Absolutely, not yeah, pick yeah. anything, eat anything and let them understand plants. Mm-hmm, mm. If not, it would be a boring old world, wouldn't it, if we didn't have plants?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously when you've got babies it's different, but I mean yeah, even quite young children quickly learn what they can and can't eat if they're told. So.
1: And uh, fatalities are like minuscule. Yeah. And really, you could eat a lot of most plants to actually yes. give you <laughs> gives you a mean, severe
2: stomach. Ache. They usually give you something uh, more mild than that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: we mustn't be cl- too clear, but teach your children about plants. It's so important. It really is. Um, Alan from Chelmsford says: Is it possible to wild flowers to plant in the garden as opposed to the cultivated flowers that most people use? Yes, there are yeah. plenty of. But, um, Plenty of sites. They're mainly websites, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think you see them for
2: sale. Plenty of websites that actually sell wildflowers. Sell wildflowers all the seed as well. A yeah. lot of them are relatively easy from seed. And um, But the, the thing is that most of them have got fairly small flowers. And the other thing about British wildflowers, a lot of them only really look good between about May and uh, July. There's a big flush of them. There, a lot of the ones that we like to see. But, yeah, you can do it with native um, flowers. It's not... So
1: I hope that helps you, Alan. Look out for those. And yes, you can buy them. You can buy them potted or you can buy them in seed. Let's now go to Mary in Hodderston. Hello, Mary. What you got
9: for Hi. us? Good morning, Ken. I've got a pile of cancers. It's yeah. about 12 foot high. It's been there for years and years. And I'm started to cut it back. It's vicious, as you probably know. They the They are dreadful. indeed. Yes. Um, how far can I cut it back? And will it regrow the stem of them? There's quite a few stems coming out and they're probably, the circumference is about the size of a teacup. Yeah. It's growing out at an angle. It's not growing up because it's growing out for the light.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I'd, I'd take a risk and cut it. You can cut them back really hard and they will come uh, strongly from the base. They're not usually grafted or anything like that. So, I mean, they'll, they'll come true to the original plan. But right. the, the thing you said just at the end there, which makes me think you say it's reaching out for the light, it will, it will do that again. It'll do the same. It, will, it yeah. will still
9: come up. That's why I want to cut it back so to get it back short, so that it gets more light. Yeah.
2: Because
9: at the, at the because it's been 12 foot
2: high. Yeah. It, it's just the ends that are. I'd make a, sure it was about two foot high. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cut it hard. <laughs> cut it hard back, and then if it dies, you blame Mick. But if you <laughs> don't, you can blame me.
4: No, it shouldn't.
1: It should be fine. Marion Hodderston, don't worry at all about it. I'd Just like to do this one, dear Ken. Not being a gardener, wanted to enjoy knowing the names of various plants while on the country walk. So. Uh, what I have been doing is laminating leaves and flowers, but I have found that after a year or more, the plants are still green and not turn brown. So laminating seals the plants. Mm. That's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, there was another question about, can bananas and oranges be grown in greenhouses? Now, he's from Earl's Colne. Now, you actually grow
2: bananas in your garden, don't you? Yeah, but not the edible ones. If you want to grow edible bananas, they can be grown in a uh, greenhouse, but you need quite a tall greenhouse because the plants will reach five metres in height maybe so um, <laughs> you need a bit of a greenhouse most of you? us don't have that kind of uh, resource in our gardens but if you have good luck to you I'm sure you make lovely bananas
1: <laughs> and the reens uh, the tip of the flowers uh, have gone over what do you do with them let them die back Yeah. And cut the stems
0: yeah the gardening hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther Thanks very much for listening to
1: the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash Essex. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday
0: morning on BBC Essex, from eleven. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.